The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. If she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, some of you may be surprised that I am not sitting down as usual. The combination of Father Gill's leaving and my diaconate assignment in Ohio coming to an end created an opportunity for me to begin preaching here at Christ the King. And Father Steve has begun scheduling me to preach each month. I found it interesting that while the plan was to have me preach the last weekend of the month and begin in September, The last week in in September was the weekend of the Bishop's Appeal, and so my first assignment was moved to this weekend. I wondered if it was a coincidence or providence that the Sunday readings I got bumped to were these readings about marriage, since, of course, I am the only married preacher here. As I read over these readings, several sections stood out and got my attention. This one, at last, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. I think these passages caught my eye as a result of some recent experience I had with bone graft surgery. I learned that depending on the type of surgery and its location, a variety of materials might be used in attempting to mend and regrow the bone. They might, for example, use animal bone from a pig or a cow. They might use human bone from a cadaver. They also might use synthetic bone made up of artificial materials. What they have found, though, over the years is that, as opposed to using bone from an animal or cadaver or from some synthetic source, the best grafting material is bone from the person themselves. This might be a piece of bone removed from another part of the patient, such as their hip, or in the case of spinal surgery, I learned that they can actually 
take the bone material from a bone spur they have to remove, collect it, and then reuse it where they want the bone to grow together. This works so well because when using the patient's own bone, there is no fear of rejection. There is no concern with disease from an outside source. And the cells are living cells, ready to go to work to grow new bone where it is needed and build a strong bone connection. The alternatives when compared come up short. Synthetic bone looks and acts like bone, but it's not bone. Bone from another animal is bone, but it's not human bone. Cadaver bone is human bone, but it's not living bone. Okay, so by now you're asking yourselves why the deacon is giving a homily on bone grafts. But the reason is that when we talk about marriage and the joining of husband and wife to become one flesh, that joining is much like a spiritual bone graft. The joining is not a physical joining of bone, but a spiritual joining. And in a sacramental marriage, this joining is in fact not comprised of two, but three components. And the spiritual bonding has the best chance to succeed when the material belongs to and is shared by all three involved, the man, the woman, and Jesus Christ. A couple can stand in the church and say the words, but unless they are one with Jesus and the Father, then the union God is joining is not flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, and it will not bind as easily or as well. It will not resist disease and rejection as well. A union based on civil human-designed and created law, can be dissolved by the same source. But a union of two people who are one with God, who are one in Christ, is a union made not with synthetic or borrowed bone, not based on civil or worldly laws or values, but a union made with the bone that is shared by each with God. The key being that the joining, the grafting, if you will, is best made with a spiritual flesh and bone common to both the man and the woman. And the place they find this common shared bone is in their individual personal union with Christ. But as individuals looking to marry, how do we come to share this common spiritual bone with Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. In John's Gospel, chapter 17, Jesus prays, and I quote, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you loved them even as you loved me. End quote. We become one with God by believing in Jesus, by putting Jesus first in our lives, so that we may be one with Jesus and with the Father, and that we may be brought to perfection in love of God and by God's love for us. And it is this union with God that gives man and woman the common bone with which their marriage bond can best be secured. 
Now, while seeking to maximize their relationship with God is not the way most people desiring marriage begin their search for a spouse, when you think about it, the idea that bringing the best person we can be into a relationship, any relationship, let alone one designed to last a lifetime, does make sense. And there is no way we can be the best person we can be, separated from the one who knows us better than anyone because he created us, separated from the one who loves us more than anyone because he gave his life to save us, separated from the one who is all-powerful and is willing to share that power with us as needed to overcome our weaknesses and our failings. God created us first and foremost to be in relationship with him. He sent his son to die for us, to redeem us, and to show his great love for us. He sends his spirit to empower us to live the life that he calls us to on this earth until we can live it with him for eternity in heaven. If in this life on earth he also calls us to the vocation of married life, then he wishes that married life to be sacramentally holy, sacred, a life-giving union in which his love is shared by the couple, with their children, and with the church and the world. In the same way that no one wants our salvation more than God does, no one wants our marriages to succeed more than God does. But the answer to both goals is the same, putting God first in our lives. Whether we put him first before we find our spouse and involve him intimately and explicitly in the search, or whether we are already married and want to strengthen that bond with all the power that being in full relationship with God brings to every aspect of our lives. Whether we are single, either because we haven't discerned a call to marriage or because we have a previous marriage that did not last. Whether we are widowed and are looking ahead to being reunited with our spouses in heaven. Married, single, young or old, the truth is that we were created for God and our happiness, our purpose in life, lies first in our relationship with God. For he who consecrates and those who are being consecrated all have one origin. So let us come to Jesus as God's children that we are, receiving his embrace and his blessing as we seek first his kingdom. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.